1: Welcome to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. Each week, Michael uses his coaching expertise to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Michael is a professional certified leadership, business, and life coach, serving as president of Professional Coach University, executive director of New Normal Coaching, and the lead pastor at Northwest Church. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Here's Michael.
2: Well, thank you for tuning in today to your discipleship coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith, and I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Today, I'm finalizing a four-part mini-series that we have called "Commands of Jesus." So we'll do a little bit of remembering and we'll give the rest of the commands for this mini-series and then wrap it up. I hope that it's been enjoyable to you. When I think about the commands of Jesus, I wanted to start by reminding us of what a command actually is. A command is an order to do something, usually given by someone from a position of authority. So here I'm going to give you something to do. And Jesus does this through the Bible. He gives commands to his followers. And these commands are given to help people draw closer to God. Jesus gives commands to help people draw closer to God and, and to others. And, and then that we can bring glory to our God. So his commands are for, for all of His followers, for new believers For those that are growing in Christ, those that are mature in Christ. And here's where we get this concept from. It's John chapter 14, verse 15, where Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commands. So this is the idea. Why are we talking about the commands of Jesus? It's because God is showing us how to express our love for him as a maturing disciple. And we do that by keeping his commands. So some of the commands that we've talked about so far is to repent, and that's something that we all do as we follow Jesus. We're commanded to repent of our sin. We're commanded to deny ourselves, to pick up our cross and follow him. We're commanded to seek God's kingdom. We're commanded to follow Jesus. We're commanded to love God. But what's beautiful as we respond to these commands, it's not that we just love God, but we also love God by loving our neighbor. And sometimes it's hard to do because another command is that we love our enemies. And we realize that in order to do that, there's things that we want in life and we're to do unto others, this is a command, what we would have them do unto us. Jesus continues in giving commands to take his yoke, to abide in him and to let your light shine. And so far to this point, the first three episodes have unpacked all of those. Those are 11 commands we've talked about. So today I'm going to start with, I think, the last four that I'll mention. And, and I'm going to start with a command that that we want to practice as we follow Jesus, the commands of Jesus. Here's the command, command number 12, feed my sheep. Here's what it says in John chapter 21. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter said you know that I love you, Jesus. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Well, that verse con- or passage, if you will, continues. And three times, Jesus instructs Peter to feed the lambs or to feed the sheep. Now, this command given by Jesus begins from a question. And the question is this, do you love me more than these? I have to admit, I've heard many sermons on this passage. and And it talks about the three times that Jesus says to feed the sheep, feed the lambs, feed the sheep. And I've heard a lot of talk and preaching about the tactics of feeding the sheep and all of these things. And, and all of that is good biblical material. But, but I think the idea that, that sometimes can be overlooked is this whole uh, conversation between Jesus and Peter is based on a response of how Peter loves God. And ultimately, by feeding the sheep, it's how he loves God, but how he loves others. And as we've talked about, even more than uh, just those that he knows, but, but even loving his enemies. So the idea is Jesus said, do you love me more than these? And there's been academic conversation and controversy on what more than these means. But the word these, do you love me more than these? Probably is Jesus challenging Peter because Peter had a big mouth. See, Peter had boasted, and you can read the story in, in all of the Gospels here, and Peter boasted that even if other people would fall away, that Peter said, I would not fall away. So he was saying, I'm going to love you more than all these other people, is what, what it appears to be. And Peter settles and, and responds to Jesus' question, yes, I love you. And I think it's interesting that he says this three times. It hits far too close to home when you think about Peter's denying Jesus three times. But this idea— Feed my sheep. Feeding God's sheep is actually offering the good news that impacts people's life. See, the good news is, first of all, that we know God, but it doesn't stop with what we know. It's feeding the sheep. It's it's not just about you. So it's kind of like this example, you know, or about a week after, kind of post-Super Bowl. And I think about this example. If a quarterback says, I don't need to go to practice because I can practice throwing the ball in a private workout. I don't need to go to learn my role to learn my position. The problem with that, it's not just the function of the quarterback in his assignment, but it's the fact that the whole team needs the quarterback the whole team needs to know the indicators that a quarterback gives, or, or the quarterback might need to throw the ball. But what pattern is the wideout running? What is the blocking scheme from the blockers and and uh, the running backs? And what happens during the scramble drill? See, the quarterback goes for practice for to practice for himself and for the team. And this is much how we understand feeding the sheep. Because we don't just interact with God to know God, but also so we could feed the sheep. See, we love God and that's for us. But there's more to the story. It's about loving other people and helping other people love God. It's the fact that we have a story with God. But we have this mission to share that story with other people so they too have a story. So so strong love for God is is not only that we know him deeply, but that we carry out his mission and we feed his sheep. And, and and I think feeding the sheep is is understanding our walk with God as both story, our story, and mission, God's mission. So feed my sheep. I want to start talking about Another command of Jesus as we are in conversation today, and that's what we're doing. This is episode four of a four-part miniseries called The Commands of Jesus. And the next command I want to talk about is this command, make disciples. Here's the command, make disciples. Jesus said, Matthew 28, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them, To obey everything I've commanded you, surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So the idea is they have all of these commands of Jesus, and part of the command of making disciples is not just that we obey the commands, but we help other people obey the commands. But what about this particular command of Jesus, to make disciples? We might be able to define what a disciple is, and I have a couple key words for us to think about a disciple is someone that learns, a learner, a student, a pupil, someone that learns from someone else. You're, you're discipled because you're learning uh, from someone else. But when you think about this idea of discipling, it's not just learning. Actually, it's, it's obedience. It's practicing. It's obeying the commands, not just learning them. Or knowing them, but practicing them. And when you practice these commands, you're called a follower, a follower of Jesus. So disciple. a disciple is a learner, both a learner and a follower. So the command here is to make disciples. As we talk about the commands of Jesus, we hear this one, make disciples. And here's the thought. If, if you were to self-assess your own spiritual maturity, how would you do that? Maybe you're listening today and you would answer that question like this. I would say I can I can measure and assess my spiritual maturity by by recording how often I read the Bible, how, how, how much of the Bible I've read or how often I read it. Or maybe you measure your spirituality based on how long or how often you pray. Or maybe you're listening in and, and part of how you measure your spirituality, your spiritual maturity is how often you attend church given the offering, or maybe help someone in need. But I wonder, um, how about have you, what if you measured your discipleship like this, your spiritual maturity like this? Have I made other disciples? I want to talk about this actually in the second half of the show, but I'll introduce it with this story. There's a friend of mine named Jeff that I knew in high school. And Jeff was a guy that, that gave his life to Jesus. I invited him to our youth group. And through that, I talked about the Lord with him, and I don't remember if it was from me praying with him or maybe in youth group someday, but Jeff became a follower of Jesus. And I didn't really know how to disciple people, but I, I took the initiative to say, this is my responsibility. I want to disciple my friend Jeff. So what we did is we started reading the book of James and we started memorizing the book of James together. And and here's the idea. I can say that I, after being instrumental in Jeff meeting Jesus, I can say, and I can still say it years and years and years later, that I discipled Jeff, even if I didn't know everything that I was doing. and And I've done this with several people in my life. There are friends of mine that when I meet early to pray, they I bring them with me and they pray with me. I have conversations with them. I talk with them. and And this is a powerful thing. And we're going to unpack what it means to make disciples as we talk about this command and others in the second half of the show. So I hope that you're intrigued. You're listening. I want to tell you the rest of the story. But we're wrapping up a four-part mini-series called The Commands of Jesus. And when I return after break, I'm going to finish talking about this command to make disciples. I'll talk about a couple other commands of Jesus. So I want you to hold tight. I want you to stay tuned. And remember that you're listening to your discipleship coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. And as we wrap up this mini-series, you will be equipped to live out everyday life for Jesus. Hang tight, keep listening. You're listening to AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. And we're back. Thank you for staying tuned. You're listening to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm Michael Smith, and I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. And that's what I hope you're gaining right now. Biblical truth that you can apply to your everyday life as you pursue Christ. We're talking about the commands of Jesus as we wrap up a four-part mini-series. And the command I'm talking about right now is the command to make disciples. I just told you quickly a little story about my friend Jeff. And and before we went to break, I just introduced the fact that I have over the years b- participated in discipleship on many levels with many different people. And that's happened both in formal settings and somewhat informal settings. See, discipleship happens not just by taking a discipleship class or being in a small group. That happens, but also through conversations and by spending time with people. You know, a couple of years ago, I started these discipleship groups and as a longtime coach and pastor, I noticed that a couple of years ago that the discipleship that I was practicing was all related to my job. I was somehow being paid for it because I was a pastor or, or, or whatnot or helping churches out. And so I I decided to do a discipleship group with a group of guys across the the nation. Actually, it was a small group of guys, and I spent the year discipling. Now I can learn from every one of these leaders, but but the idea was I would I would give what I I could to these these men. Well, I I actually last year did a second small group and did exactly the same thing with a a different group of men, but the men from the first year, we're all challenged and many of them started their own discipleship groups. And, and I'm actually now in the third year of doing these kinds of groups and multiplying them out. And here's the deal, that we can just be real people and just help other people follow Jesus and obey his commands to the point that right now... I have a son that's in high school, and I started a discipleship group with him and and his friends. There's eight or ten of his friends, and we meet once a week just to do discipleship. It's so awesome. I thank the Lord that my son wants me involved in his life in that way. But when you make this part of who you are and and you follow the command to make disciples, it impacts all of your life. And what we learn is that that disciples are people that believe the truth— Disciples are people that experience the truth, but this command to make disciples is is practicing the truth. It turns it from receiving to giving. See, a lot of churches gather people. A lot of churches help people meet Jesus. The idea is that we can do all of that so we can make disciples. Discipleship is often self-identified by churches as the weakest area of focus in the church. Uh, the degree that I have in, in my doctoral degree is in ministry, and my focus was on coaching and spiritual formation. And I did some work in research, and research, and my dissertation was about equipping disciple makers in the local church. So this is really near and dear to my heart, this command to make disciples. And this is something that I want to help people with. Actually, you're listening now. You might say, I, I want to... I want help making disciples. I want to be equipped as a disciple maker. Well, I'll tell you in a little bit at the end of the show how I can help you. But right now, we're continuing our conversation on the commands of Jesus. We've talked about 13 commands in this mini-series so far, and the ones we've talked about today is the command to feed my sheep and the command to make disciples. I want to get into the next command. Here it is. Store up treasure in heaven. Jesus said this, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. Then Jesus said this, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, this treasure that we build on earth is a treasure of the temporary, its temporary value. Life is but a breath or a mist that disappears. When we build treasure in heaven, we're building treasures of eternal value, treasures that are lasting. See, oftentimes these treasures on earth are treasures that are oriented about ourselves. Where we build treasure in heaven, and and treasures are oriented around God, his mission, and others. And see, your heart determines where you store up your treasure. If your heart is focused on success, advancement, yourself, riches, fame, things like this, you might be storing up for yourselves treasures on earth. And even if you're successful, even if you make an impact, these treasures last for a moment. Maybe instead of of that maybe maybe you can have treasures stored up that are centered around eternal things the treasure of surrender and worshiping god and loving your neighbor and following the commands of jesus this is the idea store up for yourselves treasures in heaven so we hear the commands feed my sheep make disciples Store up treasures in heaven. I want to share another command with you. It's the the last command I'm going to share in this mini-series. And we've heard 14 commands so far. Here's the 15th command in in this mini-series, the commands of Jesus. And here it is. Await my return. Await my return. This is a command that Jesus gives that we could long for his appearing. I'm going to read a few verses about this. And, And the first passage starts... In Matthew 24, starting with verse 42, Jesus talking, Therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. This is quite an illustration. The illustration here is that someone uh, would have kept a robber out if they were watching for him. And so it's this expectation that, that we're to have to watch for Jesus. And if we are not watching for him, he'll come and we'll miss it. But if we're watching... If we're awaiting his return, we will see the return of Jesus and be ready. See, the instruction here is not to necessarily know when Christ will return. In fact, the Bible says no person knows the day or hour of his return. But the command is to look for it, to long for it, to be ready for it. So as a maturing believer, we follow the commands of Jesus. We we follow his commands if we love him. That's being ready for his return, if we aren't ready, we just might miss it. You know a lot of you maybe participate in a communion exercise, and here's what it says in first corinthians eleven twenty six for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. That's not the end of it though it's when you do that when you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. There's something significant about the fact that we celebrate the body and blood of the Lord and we celebrate that, we proclaim that death until he comes. He's coming back and we're waiting for that return. In fact, Paul writes about this in 2 Timothy. Here's what he said I have fought the fight, I, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now, there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me. When is the reward? Here's how the passage continues. He'll reward me on that day. And then he says not only to me, but then, then Paul says to everyone who longs for his appearing. So we are commanded to await the return of Christ and to long for the return of Christ. Why? Because we will be rewarded as children of God. So this mini series, we talked about the command to repent, the command to deny yourself, the command to seek God's kingdom, the command to follow Jesus, remembering that the focus of discipleship is Jesus, but the action is to Follow. We talked about the commands to love the Lord, to love your neighbor, to love your enemies, to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The commands to take my yoke, abide in me, let your light shine, feed my sheep, make disciples, and await the return of Christ. Hey, if you want to practice these commands and you want help, or maybe you want to grow in Christ in some way, I invite you to work with Your Discipleship Coach, I would like to help you. In fact, you can visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com and take our free coaching readiness questionnaire and explore and identify your readiness for coaching. Our coaching can help you in life and business and in your spiritual life. We emphasize discipleship coaching. So visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. And as you do, be sure to follow us on our podcast, Your Discipleship Coach, on your favorite podcast platform. I want to thank you for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Today's show has been brought to you by Professional Coach University. Maximize your potential at Professional Coach University, where you can become a certified coach or invest in yourself through personal development opportunities. Just visit ProfessionalCoachUniversity.com and register for their upcoming coach training. Hey, it's been a pleasure to share this mini-series with you, Commands of Jesus. It's a four-part series. Go back and listen to it all. I want to tell you today that I am for you. And I think more importantly, God is for you. And if God is for you, who could be against you? Thanks for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach. You've been listening on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life.